0: sign up for Cover 5, a free-to-play sports game that will change the way you view the tournament. Join Cover 5 Madness for free at Cover5.com and the Cover 5 app. The high score each day will win $1,000 through Sunday, March 20th games. Use promo code CHICAGO.
1: This is Fast Break with Jay Hood and Chris Black. Follow Jay Hood on Instagram at IGJHood or at ESPN underscore Chicago.
2: This is Chicago's home for sports.
0: ESPN 1000.
3: I'm Chris Black, along with Jonathan Hood. It's Fast Break, talking NBA and the Bulls right here on ESPN 1000. Saturdays here in the spring yes. from 1 to 3 until the Bulls season ends. Now listen, now we know that March Madness is taking place here, but
4: you know, if you're an NBA guy, you're an NBA guy. Chris and I were just talking about this. Like, we see the tournament. We know what's happening with March Madness. We know about Cover5.com. We know all about that, but the point is, though, if you're a league guy, you're a league guy, and we're league guys. We love all of basketball, but we just know that what's happening with the bulls is very compelling What's happening in the east the mvp race all this stuff and that's why we provide this for you every saturday just to give you a platform to talk
3: about the bulls in the nba to update the tournament uh north carolina just beat baylor 93 to 86 uh that game went to overtime north carolina in overtime outscored baylor the bears uh 13 to 6 they get the victory they move on to the uh sweet 16 for the North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, up next in the tournament, Creighton against Kansas. So we'll keep our eyes on that as well mm. as things get going here. Rock chalk, right? Rock chalk championship. Okay, yeah. So, so,
4: so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but it's it's fun. And by the way, great research for you and I as well, because when the NBA draft comes right around Boom. the corner, we're ready to go. You know, we'll see Chet Holmgren. I didn't know we we're still making chets, but nonetheless,
3: uh, I, I guarantee you this: yeah. uh, when we get to that point, I will give you a scouting report on Chet Holmgren, suggesting that he looks like a praying mantis. <laughs>
1: I think that's true. That, that's uh, yeah. that.
3: That's what I will use that on draft night uh. Uh, as he leads uh, Gonzaga. Uh, so the Bulls last night they lose one twenty nine to one hundred two to the Suns. Uh, the first quarter, I thought things were uh, going decently for the Bulls. They, they lost that quarter 30-27, to 27, but really the, the Suns started to open it up between the second and the third quarters. The middle portion of the game opened that, that sucker up where the Bulls were not competitive in the second half. The game got to 30 points uh, as a lead for the Suns. And, you know, the final minutes of the game were actually not important whatsoever as the Bulls got blown out again against a top team. The best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns, they win the basketball game 129 to 102. And Phoenix, you know, it, we, we can have a conversation about the Suns also that they're, they're by far the best team in the league. But mm-hmm. don't, people don't really want to discuss them. They're not really a, a first take topic. Uh, how good are the Suns? How great are, the, are, are they at defense? Oh, The Suns are continuing to win without Chris Paul that's something there. I, I thought that Paul was the reason that they were so successful last year and this year. And yeah, Monty Williams has that thing cooking. There's a, a lot. lot. There's a see, lot.
4: See, when you're good, you don't get on first take. This is why the Bucks and the Suns don't get on first take, which is just ridiculous to me because you should be able to see how far these teams can go. The Suns are so well coached and you can see it's a system, right? It, yeah. And nothing against Chris Paul because Chris Paul is the, the the straw that stirs the drink for the Suns, but you could see even without. a Campaign looked good yesterday. Campaign had seven assists yesterday. It was running that
3: offense as well as Chris Paul could in a regular season game. They're also led by three players who were all drafted, uh, who have all matured and, and come into their own together. And it's Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikkel Bridges. All three of them play good defense. And then also Devin Booker is turning into a budding superstar um, we could debate his level of stardom within the league, but Booker's the real deal. He had 28 points last night on 10 of 18 shooting. And and what we see from the Suns, Jonathan, you nailed it. They, they play as a team on defense. They pass the basketball on offense. And, and they know where to find the open man and take advantage of, of what they see uh, against other defenses. And the Bulls, if we flip it to the, the Bulls side, uh, things were tough. After the first quarter, scoring baskets for for the Bulls and their leading scorer, Demar Derozan, he only had 19 last night. And we've seen at different points of the season where, when Demar has struggled, you need someone else to definitely chip in. But then when the rest of the offense has struggled, Demar has taken the load where he is he has carried that scoring load and and been the lead guy for this team. And when he can only give you 19, and and Zach Levine gives you 12 and Vucevic only gives you 16. It's really a no-win opportunity for the Chicago Bulls, and the game was basically over by halftime.
4: This, what we're seeing here with the Bulls, it's the hallmark of Billy Donovan coach teams. Remember Billy Donovan with Oklahoma City, where you're in the Western Conference, you got to catch up offensively. you got to score the ball as often as possible. That means uh, you take a barrage of threes. You want to be able to get enough rebounds, especially on the offensive glass. you got to be able to move the ball around. All these things, right? The Bulls are in a position right now where they have scoring, but now you don't have enough scoring against the upper echelon teams. You gave that stat earlier about the Bulls and how they're performing against the top three teams in the East and the West. Three wins in that scenario, correct? No, none. Oh, no, no wins in 0 and 0-15. Yeah.
3: They're 0-15 against teams who are the top three in each conference. In fact, the only team that they've actually played well against who's a, a uh, playoff caliber's team is cleveland mm-hmm. cleveland's the only team they've really played well against but yeah zero 15 against top three seeds in both the east and the western conference that should tell you a lot as a bulls fan there's a ceiling to
4: the success for this bulls team yeah. i i just know that the way they have to win is to try to outscore teams and, and the bulls just don't have enough firepower I believe that the Bulls fan, the average Bulls fan is starting to see that this team is good but there's another level. And here's the troubling troubling thing. I'm not trying to fast forward through the season, Chris, when I say this, mm-hmm. but I will once again underline the fact that DeRozan's thirty two years of age and you gotta figure out like what do you wanna do here in the next couple of years? What do you wanna do in the next couple of years as far as the roster composition? Now I trust Karnershovis and Eversley to try to figure out what to do uh, and how to get this roster better. But it's more than just Lonzo Ball. It's more than just ha- adding Lonzo Ball. Now, Lonzo would help a lot, helping with the three-point shooting and definitely perimeter defense. But do you, even if you're fully healthy, and I think the Bulls, I would say, you tell me, 15, 18 games where they've been fully healthy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patrick Williams aside, yeah. I'm talking about the core.
3: Yeah, the first couple of months, they they were all there, right? Until yeah. they, they got hit with COVID mid-December-ish. Yeah. That's when things kind of started to change because guys were missing in the lineup because of COVID protocols. And then the moment they got back and they were like together, that's when the actual injuries started to hit with Lonzo and Caruso and, and others.
4: It's a hypothetical, but yeah. I, will, I will ask if everyone's healthy with Lonzo Ball and with Patrick Williams, can the Bulls match up against the Bucks, the 76ers as we don't know them now, the Miami Heat, the Nets? Can they be able to match up against them if they're fully healthy? I would say the Bulls, at worst, would be still in the fourth slot.
3: Yeah, I'll take that. Based, uh, based on the roster composition. Boston is sitting at 43-28. and 28. Uh, They're a game and a half up on the Bulls at 41-29. Yeah, they could be there. I don't think fully healthy. They're where Miami, Milwaukee, and Philly is. Mm-hmm is sitting in the, in the standings. I, I think those three teams have shown us that they're much better than what we've seen to this point than what the Bulls have to
4: offer. Didn't mention the Nets in that scenario. Did not mention the Nets. You don't see them in there.
3: Well, you know, based on the standings, they're eighth in the conference at 37-34. and 34. Mm-hmm. In a playoff series, they will be favored even if the bulls the, the nets are. if the bulls are the higher seed yeah. the nets will be favored mm-hmm. like if we look at the vegas uh, numbers uh, when we get to that series yeah. each game the nets will be the favorite there's no doubt just because of durant though durant and kyrie and kyrie's missed a good portion of this season so that's part of why they're the 8th seed kyrie's showing you that if the nba
4: was only just once a week Amazing what would happen, right? Because Kyrie scores over sixty, and that's been a thing in the NBA now. He's scoring over fifty points, some some in the sixty point threshold. If Kyrie played once a week, that's what it would look like. Yeah, we we forgot
3: how good he is. I I love how you point out that that's so that's so smart to point out that like yeah, he's not playing all the games, so of course he can go off and give you fifty point (laughs) efforts, sixty point (laughs) efforts. It's totally different when you have to grind through the entire season, right? You know, and and. Point in case, look at DeMar DeRozan. In the last month, DeMar DeRozan's numbers have dipped. Mm-hmm. He's also been available. He's been here. He's played in all these games. Right. It's tough to score 34 a night in a month. He did that in February. If you look at the month of March, he's at 25. He, he's definitely dropped. He dropped 10 points per game. But, like, you're right. If you, if you can only show up once a week drop 50 and then bounce, it's pretty easy for Kyrie. Especially when you're special like him, though. Sure. So,
4: see, it's not just anybody, Sadiq Bay. It's, it's just not anybody, right? It's, it's, it's. On
3: the board of 50-point games <laughs> for the right. season, right. how far down the list would you have to get to Sadiq Bay getting 50?
4: Dude, the sun would go down <laughs> and go up again before I even say Sadiq <laughs> Bay with that kind of game. Seriously! I, Seriously! I, I
3: saw that the other night and it, it, what's great about it is if people are not unaware, it took place on Thursday. It was yeah. the only NBA game taking place yeah because the the league tries to not place a lot of games on the opening day of the ncaa tournament mm-hmm. it's like oh sadiq bay had 50 on the night everyone's watching college <laughs> basketball <laughs> poor sadiq bay no one noticed right <laughs> uh, i just
4: think that that's just hilarious but i think because of who Kyrie is and when you see him just part-time it stands out even more though chris when you see him for the part-time and you're like yeah. Man, you forget how dynamic. We've heard quotes this week of Kyrie is the most skilled point guard to ever play. And it's like, I don't know about that. But definitely someone who's very special has got to be in your top three, top five. Uh, Another thing about the Nets, too. And I don't know if the Bulls will face the Nets. Uh, If the Bulls do face the Nets, and I don't know if that's possible, I'm thinking that we won't see Ben Simmons at all this year.
3: I think that's that's true. I think there's something more to the back injury and – and we won't see him.
4: You mean like an epidural? Yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, what else? I mean, what do you mean, like mental hurdles or?
3: No, no, I, I think like physically he's not right. He's he, been sitting on his ass. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Right? At this point, like he's away from the 76ers. Yeah. If he was healthy, he'd play. There's no reason for him not to play. He's clearly not healthy, right? So I, I, I would imagine we won't see him. You know, like, what's the ticking clock on when you need him to be available to, to like, fix into the different rotations for the Nets before you say, all right, we don't have enough regular season left. Like, let's just wait until next year. Like, you can't roll him out in a first-round playoff series. He choked last time in the playoffs. Don't you have to kind of get some confidence?
4: Yeah. You got about, about ten to twelve games to try to figure this out, so it's got to happen soon, like within the next week. So if he's not healthy, though, that's one. Like if he's not healthy, Sean Mark should be fired. What do you make that deal for? I understand that Harden didn't want to be there, and you got the asset, but the asset—were you, uh, you sure he was mentally or physically ready to do this? Why make that deal? You
3: did this to get a playoff push, didn't you? You, you think? I mean, the other pieces are there, and they're helpful. Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, that helps, right? Uh, we're talking Bulls <laughs> and NBA here on ESPN 1000, <laughs> he, the ESPN he, Chicago he, app. we turning the <laughs> yeah, page.
4: <right? laughs>
3: we'll just turn the page. Yeah, it. Well, it, it's something, right? Like, wouldn't you think he'd be playing by now? Uh, we talked to uh, Amin El-Hassan, an ah. old friend of the show. Uh, he joins us to talk NBA basketball coming up next.
1: Welcome back to Jay Hood and Chris Black, the hosts of ESPN Chicago's Fast Break. Watch the show on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, Fast Break flies on. On Chicago's Chicago's home for sports, Sports, ESPN 1000. 1000. It's Chris Black, Jonathan Hood.
3: It's fast break, NBA and Bulls basketball conversation, Saturdays from 1 to 3 right here on ESPN 1000. As Jonathan, we take a look around the National Basketball Association. The Bulls lose last night to the Suns in a, a blowout. The Bulls, once again, not playing well against top teams.
4: No, and we need to have someone to help us with that. So we turn to Amin el Hassan, who learned from the uh, Bryant Gumbel School of Broadcasting. Uh, so Amin el Hassan from Metal Arc Media and also Sirius XM NBA Radio. And, he, and, he, and Amin joins us here on ESPN 1000. Uh, Brian El hassin thanks so much for your time. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> Hello. Hello, I mean. Uh yeah, you know, I just wanna let everybody know that this my phone, Jay Hood. Profile pic is Bryant Gumble from the, from Family Guy. <laughs> so every time he hits me up, that's the picture that pops up on my face. <laughs> the
4: the, the Gumble to Gumble was so underrated. It should have been a spinoff. Like yeah. nothing against the Cleveland show, but I mean, you if you wanted to have something as a spinoff, you go you go Gumble to Gumble, right? I'd do that.
0: Hey I man, like with it, Peter tried, he went to the TV station try to get it like uncanceled. I had to pretend that Chris had some terminal disease. <laughs> they has pepperoni falling off him. Hey man, the efforts have been made, The gumball the gumball family will not be coming back to our team. <laughs> I love that.
3: I mean, when you look oh, at what this man. Bulls team has done, uh, you know, last night was not good. This week has not been good. They've lost three in a row. They've gone. Uh, they've lost eight of their last ten games, and against the top three seeds in each conference, the East and the West, the Bulls are zero and fifteen. How do you make? Uh, what do you make of this season so far for the Chicago Bulls?
0: Well, I think at this point, especially considering all the injuries they've had, like it's hard not to be optimistic about what this team has done. You know that they're they've uh, been as good as they've been is some something of of a, a pleasant surprise. Obviously, Demar DeRozan's played great, but I think the team's a lot better, uh, certainly than than they were even a year ago. Now. In terms of the, the short term, the right now, I'm not thinking about, hey, what were we thinking in October, but right now, I would also be optimistic because help is around the corner. Caruso is back. Lonzo Ball uh, originally was six to eight weeks, so he should be back any day now based on the, the time frame from January when the injury happened. And we got the latest news that Patrick Williams has, has been cleared uh, to do uh, some on-court activity with the G League affiliate, and he should be back within a week or so. And that's huge because, remember, that was supposed to be their starting four. Like, we kind of just forgot about that because he's been hurt all year long. But Patrick Williams, there was high hopes for him uh, going into this season to, to kind of blossom as a, a kind of do-it-all defensive player. And so when you talk about the Ball and Patrick Williams coming back, back, those are your three best defensive players pretty much. And that's going to help tremendously so that Levine and Jarozin and Bruce Savick can, you know, focus on the scoring aspect.
4: I mean, uh, we've been talking about Demar Derozan, and for those that don't remember him with the Raptors and, and the Spurs, we saw a guy that was part of a puzzle, part of uh, some of those really good teams. He could score, but he became a go-to guy. I think for the first time in his career on a regular basis. And the question to Billy Donovan in the post game yesterday was, "Do you believe that you know DeRozan's slowing down or getting tired?" And my thought was, "No. It's, it's, it takes the others to be able to step up because Derozan's never been a go-to guy." How, how do you assess? That's what he's been going through so far this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would I would think he's never been a go-to guy. In Toronto, you know, we kind of think about those that last year or so in Toronto where they started to change the offense and make it more like what it looks like now where it's a lot of ball movement and uh, body movement. But before that, they were, they were a super ISO team. They were Houston before Houston was. And DeRozan was that guy who was one of the league leaders in, in isolation plays in, in the NBA. And so... Yes, yeah, since then, going you know uh, from Toronto going to San Antonio, he's kind of expanded his game in that re- re- regard. He's a lot better playmaker, you know, in terms of an assist man. Um, but like, don't get it twisted; he is at his core still a bucket getter. Now, is he getting tired? Uh, you know, I, it's it's a fair question, especially since he's the one who hasn't really had a long term injury, whereas everyone else has kind of had to sit out a considerable amount of time. So he's had to shoulder the burden of keeping this thing afloat. I don't think he's, you know, like spent, like he's got nothing left. But I also think, like you said, when these guys all get back, when they get back to being healthy, the burden's going to be a lot lighter on him and things are going to be a lot easier. And and I guess uh, going back to all their best defensive players have been out. So, you know, that also takes a toll, takes a toll whether it's like, I've got to do more defensively, or take it over from the standpoint of because we're not as good defensively. I've got to carry the load offensively to make up for that deficit. All of these things are going to get better, I think, as the Bulls return to help.
3: When you look at Zach Levine, he's been battling a knee injury that the team continues to say that there's no structural damage. He also has free agency uh, coming up in the summer. And then you look at him trying to play through this injury and contribute to this team. What do you make of the season that Zach's put together this year?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like, this is kind of what we all thought he could be. And this is what we expect or expected or hoped, I should say that being on the Olympic team would do for him as far as his confidence and as far as kind of his maturity and, and the things he focuses on. It stinks that he's got a knee injury and he's got to play through that. Uh, this league doesn't have a great track record of guys being rewarded for playing hurt. But I think he, he realizes and the Bulls realize this, for as dominant as you know, uh, Brooklyn looks like when Kyrie and, and KD are on the floor, for as uh, you know, as, as stellar as the Bucks have been of late, the, the Celtics have been great since January first. The Heat have been tremendous all year long. This is still a wide open race in the Eastern Conference. I think the Bulls, if they're healthy, they definitely say, "Hey, we've, we've got our names among those teams as far as being hopeful to come out of this." I can't say the same for next year. I don't. I don't know that they'll be this good next year or they'll have this good a chance. So I understand why the, the pressures of Levine having to play through this. Uh, but again, in terms of the season he's having, I think this is what everyone wanted from him, which is to come become a more complete player.
4: I mean, Hassan joins us here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I mean, if I gave you the Bucks or the field, who would you take in the East?
0: I'm taking the field. Hey, have you seen the field? <laughs> I, just, I just named them. For, like, the field got some people. Hey, look. I know Ben Simmons got an epidural and that doesn't sound like a good thing because I, I had back issues with a nerve thing going on earlier this year and I had to get an epidural. Mm. Uh, let me tell you, it's not fun, but it works. So, <laughs> yeah. I, like, if you're trying to get right, like, that thing will help you now. And, and so, uh, like, I imagine that his recovery is going to be a lot quicker than I think people realize. Uh, and when you put him on the floor – you know, the crazy thing about that Harden trade, what what it did for Brooklyn, uh, you know, everyone thought about how oh, they could get Ben Simmons, and Ben Simmons is going to help them defensively, and he's, he's a great playmaker, and, and it just adds another dimension. But what's really helped them in the meantime is all the depth they've gotten because of that, right, with Seth Curry, with Andre Drummond, and then obviously going out and signing uh, Goran Dragic uh, as the free agent. Those things have made Brooklyn a much deeper team. So when Simmons comes back, well, I don't care what team they are. That that is a terrifying, terrifying matchup for anybody. And then you know, again, we got to say Boston has been the best team in the Eastern Conference since January first. They've been dominant defensively. Uh, it looks like Tatum and Brown have finally figured out how to play nice with everyone else. And every email Udoka has that thing running great. And then finally, like I said, Miami has been quietly the number one team for. For, for over a month, month two months now, uh, and they've done it when their guys are healthy, and they've done it when their guys are hurt. And you know, Eric Spolster, named to one of the fifteen best coaches of all time. I think he's proven it again this year. Like he's a hell of a coach. You can get him players out there, he'll get them He'll, he'll give you some fight, to fight in there. So if you say bucks to the field, man? I can't, I can't over. I can, I got to pick the
3: year. year. I mean, you mentioned Boston. They have been really good, especially the last month or so. Defensively, what's something that you see defensively that the Celtics do that really sets them apart?
0: Well, I mean, like, they've always, see, the great thing is, it's always been there. Like, the idea that they have all these athletes who are 6'6", six, 6'8", six, six, and, and switch stuff and can guard uh, above or below their positions, they always had it. Just at the beginning of the year, I, I don't know what the. The, the deal was as far as why everyone wasn't on the program. Talk to Abby Chim on our radio show on NBA Insiders on uh, Series and NBA Radio, which we do, I guess it's 9 to noon Central. Look at that. That's, at That's good. Central time.
4: Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good from Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: pretty good. Because
4: y'all confused out there. Are you Mountain? Are you Western? Are you Alaskan no. time? What are That's you?
0: We're we Arizona time. Not with time but all I know is half the year, we're uh, with LA and the other half of the you we were with Denver, so I just think, I just call it Arizona time because people say. Now is that Mountain Standard or Mountain Daylight? I don't <laughs> I know. I don't know which is which. I, for the life of me, I don't know. Are we in daylight savings now, or does that happen in the in the fall? I don't know. I have no clue how it works. But uh, yes, yeah. so we talked <laughs> talk to Abby Chin, uh, who covered the Celtics for NBC Sports Boston, and she said, you know, some of it was like they needed that come to Jesus moment from. From Marcus Smart, you know it, it was ugly and it was you know embarrassing and all that, but it was exactly what they needed to hear. You know for everyone to come to the table and, and kind of recommit themselves uh, to 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 the program, so to speak. And, and like I said, you know you knew with guys like Robert Williams and and Brown and Marcus Smart, like this should not be a bad defensive team. And sure enough, they have been the best defensive team in the league this year.
4: I mean, tell us about Cinephobe. What is your what is this podcast Cinephobe?
0: Oh, oh, oh. Cinephobe, that's a podcast where Zach Harper and I watch movies Mm -hmm. that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes. And then we try to ascertain whether they are accurately poorly rated or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. That's Cinephobe, produced by Anthony Mays, and you get it wherever you get podcasts. And this week, the episode we did was a 1986 Eddie Murphy uh, action fantasy comedy the Golden Child. This is one of my
4: favorite movies of all time. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So we need you we need a ruling from you. Yeah, regarding uh-huh. uh, regarding Batman. This is why we yeah. really called because okay. because last week I, I believe Chris we can yeah. have the discussion on mm-hmm. Batman in that. Some will say, I like Batman based on the Bruce Wayne character or the Mm -hmm. Batman. I think it's two different conversations. So Mm -hmm. you saw the Batman, right, Chris? And and you thought what?
3: I loved it. I I thought it was great. I think overall it was the best Batman movie I've seen. Is it the best Bruce Wayne you've seen? Uh, yeah, it, but it's more of a focus on Batman, and I think that's what I appreciated of it. I didn't need to see the billionaire tycoon who has all the play uh, playmates on his arm. Like I didn't need that okay. aspect of it. So, hey, this, this so is I mean, what, what did you yeah. make of uh, the new Batman?
0: So I haven't seen it because I saw that it was three hours oh, long, and I said wow. I'll be dander. I'm gonna sit in the movie theater for three <laughs> hours and pay that money. I will just wait till it comes out right. on uh, on HBO Max. But I will give you my ignorant opinion right yes. now. There's never going to be a better Batman than the Christian Bale Batman because it was a movie that was done. Like, let's write it. Let's do a movie. Let's not do a comic book movie. Let's do a movie. Let's write real character development. Let's get great actors. Look, every part of the the Dark Knight trilogy, it will never be another one like it. There will never be a better Batman than Christian Bale. There will never be a better Alfred. Than Michael Caine, there'll never be a better Robin than Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Think about that. They got Joseph Gordon-Levitt to oh, be yeah. Robin. Oh yeah. my gosh, there'll never be a better Bane than Tom Hardy. There'll never be a like as Two Face. Well, Two faced maybe you could get a better one than that, but mm-hmm. then, they're not. Uh, they're not going to top I, the
3: Catwoman in this this new one. I'm telling you that right now.
0: Okay, I mean, all right, yeah. I, I'm I'm no big fan of Anne Hathaway either. So like, <laughs> that's not a high That's not a high bar. To, it's just very Kravitz would not have to jump over a high yeah. bar to beat that one. But uh, my point is, is that the writing and the directing on those three movies were so out of this world, kind of detailed and nuanced, and character development and and and, and plot development that I just cannot see. It's like when people said, "Oh, the Joker. Oh my God, the Joker." And I watch it, like it's all right. Like, it's not, it's not a usual D.C. movie where they crap all over themselves. Did I do that? Like, okay, like, they put together a decent movie that I was entertained and, and uh, 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 not Jared Leto, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix right. did a good performance. But you're not going to beat He's Ledger at being a Joker. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, that's, that next level right there. That dude was like crazy. That's how well he played the role. He was so method that he lost his mind. Yeah, you can't stop that, man.
3: I'm I'm with you on the Joker. They they yeah. can't top Heath Ledger as the Joker, right? But I mean, I feel as if when you see the new one, you're gonna say, "Well, they con- they kind of nailed everything else outside of the Joker."
4: But here's the point, I mean, with this, like, but for Chris, from his standpoint, you don't want the backstory.
3: Yeah, you don't, you I, don't want, we know it. You don't want Bruce his parents Wayne. parents were murdered in an alley. We get it. So you yeah. know,
4: but but I think that for some, that does matter. Who the Bruce Wayne is and who Batman is. It do you, can you separate the two? Does it does it matter to you? I mean, when you watch,
0: um, yeah, it does because like George Clooney was terrible as, at both, right? But he <laughs> was <both>. way worse. <laughs> he was way worse at being Bruce Wayne than he was at being Batman. Somehow, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> Michael Keaton, I thought, was gr- a great Bruce Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. he was like sarcastic and like condescending and all those things, which is what Bruce Wayne has to be. You have to have this like persona They're like, oh, I'm a jerk. Don't be around me, right? Uh, I thought Ben Affleck hit Bruce Wayne really well in terms of, like, I'm miserable. But I don't know if he was acting or if he was acting miserable from being such a, in such a terrible movie. Yeah, right. but, but again, I go back to Christian Bale, man. Nobody's going to outdo Christian Bale being a jerk as Bruce Wayne. No one's going to outdo Christian Bale as being this idealist Batman who sees the good in everything. Like, this dude, I mean, again, like, he's one of the greatest actors of his generation. It's not fair to take the kid from Twilight and say, "Hey, be like Christian Bale, who made all of these classic movies." It's, it's, it's like it's like taking you know, uh, uh, taking me and say, "Hey, man, be like Michael Jordan. Here, put on these sneakers and this jersey. Hey, you no, know, you can do the same stuff." Like, no, nah, man, like I'm all right, but I'm not that.
4: Cinephobe, wherever you get your podcast, I, I get the show. You should as well.
3: Yeah, thank you, Amin. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's Amin El-Hassan. So check good. him out. Sirius XM. He's uh, with Metal Arc now with uh, Levitard and Friends. So check him out. He's outstanding. <laughs> I
4: love your thoughts on Batman. Well, I, Fresh I loved it. I enjoyed it. I got to go see it.
3: I'm not. I'm not. Like, if you enjoy
4: the others, that's cool. That's cool.
3: No, that's but cool I, but I, no, but
4: I like your angle of saying, hey, man, I've known since I was a child what the, the backstory is of Bruce Wayne. Just get me to the action.
3: It's it's right? year two you're one into a batman situation where he that's stu- he hasn't figured everything out yet yeah but also you don't get the backstory of like how he became batman I so see. it's like new batman where he could still trip and fall yeah and and he's not quite as smooth with it you know so it, it, it's good i love that I,
1: this thing is hilarious we'll be back this is Fast Break with Jay Hood and Chris Black. Follow us on Twitter at TweetJayHood and at Chris Black. The Fast Break continues right now on ESPN 1000, 100.3 HD2 and the ESPN Chicago app.
3: Oh man. It's Fast Break. I'm Chris Black, along with Jonathan Hood, uh-huh. here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. There's a lot of stories in the National Basketball Association, the NBA. There's a lot going on, yes, Jonathan. It is, always. And so uh, each week, uh, around 2.30, uh, 2.35-ish, we like to uh, spin the wheel and then check out the NBA notebooks. All right, let's see. A <laughs> lot of topics out here.
1: <laughs> Big wheel.
3: All right, what do you have there? All right, it lands on... Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. This is a story that I wanted to get to with you oh. uh, last week. The success of the Mavericks as of late. Ah, Your, your other team. Well, the, the Mavericks are a team I've always paid attention to because yeah. I feel like uh, after they won that championship, they should have won more. Uh, right now, they're fifth in the uh, Western Conference, 43-27. and 27. Luka Doncic is having an incredible year. Mm-hmm. They traded away his running mate at the trade deadline, Kristaps Porzingis. And the story that I wanted to talk to you about is they are so much better now without him. That's right. Why? Because they had Spencer Dimwitty, who's a ball handler and a three-point shooter, and we've seen Dimwitty hit game-winning buckets for the Mavericks as of late. Uh, a lot of this has to do with the idea that Luka doesn't have to do it himself, but he also has shooters around him, which is a great concept.
4: So shout out to Jalen Brunson in that regard, too, right? Yep. Jalen so, Brunson. Yep. So, so now the, mo- the ball is moving and hopping from side to side. I think it's a better defensive team. That's hard to say when Carlisle was there for
3: all those years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jason I, Kidd's running it now.
4: Is, that, is, that, is it my eyes? Is it my TV? Or do no, you they think are. they're better defensively? They're
3: playing better defensively. And yeah. also some of the idea, uh, the Dallas uh, Morning News, I think, had this story. They they are also removing the ball from Lucas' hands. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's one of the more high-efficiency slash usage players in the league but also, they are putting the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands yeah. and also in Dimwitty's hands, which then allows Luka to not have to have uh, the basketball every single possession, which has also helped the offense along. You know, one day Dallas will be a destination for free agents. One day.
4: Because that is a thing. That's still a major market in, in, Dallas, in Dallas, right? So oh, for sure. okay. So that's the thing that's missing with Dallas. While they're not in the conversation amongst the big three in the, in the West, they're in the middle like the Bulls, right? But if they were able to have like that that extra guy with Doncic, look out! Should we spin the wheel? Yes, please. Here we go. See what we have here. Hmm. I would say um, Marquise Chris. Uh, let's see, and Finney Smith. Oh, here's a topic. You ready? Yes. Give it to me. Chris is Demar Derozan this year's Julius Randle?
3: Hmm. Okay, uh, I'm going to say he isn't because he has a better track record in the past than what Randall had coming into last season. You know what I, I, I mean? I see by what that. you're doing there, okay. though. Julius Randall was the surprise player last year, and also the Knicks were the surprise team in the Eastern Conference last year. Well. And they have completely cratered. The Knicks right now are on the outside looking in from the play-in games. They're 30 and 40, they're five games back of the Hornets from the 11th to the 10th spot to play in the Mm play-in. So they're not going to get there. They're not going to make the playoffs at all. They won't make the play-in. And Julius Randle has taken a step back this season. I don't think DeMar is quite that. He has a better track record. Mm -hmm. I don't think what we see from DeMar this season, we're going to get again in the future. I don't think he'll be in the MVP conversation going forward. The Bulls are not the Knicks, right? I hope. Right? They've got better pieces around the one individual. I agree. I, so, I, so I asked the question yeah. because
4: Julius Randle came out of nowhere. Renaissance here for him, right? Yeah. The lefty. oh yeah. The crafty lefty. And then, you know, the Knicks are back is my part. Take, take that. The Knicks are back. Back where? Back where? Was he, limit.
3: was he just telling you?
4: Oh, yeah. Always just telling me. Always just telling me. The Knicks are back. You see the garden? They got beat by the Hawks. <laughs> That'll be,
3: it. That'll be it with that, right? So that's why I asked that question. All all right. Right. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, will he be... Uh, I know I that... I did ask you that I know Leon Rose said this week that uh, yeah. Thibodeau will be back for next season. That's always good when they, they have to proactively tell you that the coach is coming back. That's good, right? All right, spin the wheel. Oh, all right, yeah. spin it up. What do we have here? What do we have That's interesting. All right, here we go. 76ers. All right, all right. Steph Curry's hurt. Uh, what, do we, what, what are we going to do here? Uh, the, the Golden State Warriors were finally getting back together. What They played two games where Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Stephen Curry were all healthy together. Mm-hmm. And then Steph gets hurt. Uh, they say out of San Francisco that it's not going to be season-ending, but there's a chance he'll be back at the start of the playoffs. It doesn't seem great for the former MVP and one of the best players in the league. They just can't get healthy at the same time.
4: So whether that's Wiseman, whether that's Draymond Green, and now Steph Curry. Sprain, ligament in the left foot. He should be ready when this playoffs start. And But here's the thing. Will Draymond Green be ready? And then once they are ready, how will they be able to mesh together? Yeah. And so when we thought when Clay Thompson's been away for two years, when he comes back, everything's going to be all good. Uh, not so all good. When they're all together, they can be really dangerous. But Steph Curry, maybe this is somewhat of a blessing in disguise. We're about 12, 13 games away from getting to the playoffs here in uh, in mid-April. Mm-hmm. Maybe this would be a good thing for him if he's healthy enough to play. We will see. Kendrick
3: Perkins on first take uh, earlier this week uh, talked about the Warriors and their season.
2: Hell yeah, they over. And look, it's not right. because of... The the, right. the lack of playing okay. time that Steph, Clay, and, and Draymond has had this, this season. Look, okay. these guys have played together their entire career. Right. They know how to find the chemistry. Yeah. It's about the others. What? And when you saw Steve Kerr get mad the other night at Marcus Smart, yes, it was p- about protecting Steph Curry, but it was about him having 12 games left in the season okay. and him trying to find his rotations, right. trying to find the continuity, trying to find the chemistry. <laughs> Remember. Clay got back, and I said this, it was going to be guys that were going to have to play different roles. Now you have to find out where you're going to play uh, Jordan Poole. How are you going to play Kaminga? How is Draymond and Kaminga going to play with one another? And if you're a head coach, when you get to this period of time (laughs) where it matters the most going into the home stretch, the last part of the season, you want to have guys knowing their roles and knowing their place. And that's why I say that with Steph Curry being injured and not coming back in to The playoffs uh-huh. that yes, I strongly believe mm-hmm. that the Warrior title hopes are done for this season.
3: All right, there he is. Ketrick
4: Perkins for first take. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. I just gave you the scenario of, boy, they need to get healthy and then we'll see. This is why we can't, me and JD came up with mild, tag, mild takes. Yeah, I can't, I can't do what he just did. Hell no, they ain't coming back. I
3: mean, I should have just cut it there for y'all.
4: I mean, I just. I can't. All right, spin the wheel. You got another thing? You got another? All right. I mean, I, I just can't do that, man. I can't do that take thing. I just oh, can't. We go. I mean, I just oh. Yeah, what do we have here?
3: Oh. Uh, yeah, perfect. Uh, here we go. Uh, Kendrick Perkins on LeBron James in the lake. Why is it <laughs> landing on this again? <laughs> Perkins again? I got to spin it again. Hold oh, on. Oh, no, Hold no, on. No, no, please. No. I, I can't do All it. Right, no, here okay. we go. All
1: right.
3: All right. right. Land on Perkins again. Bad luck. All okay. Right. okay. All right. Three in a row. Perkins on James Harden. All not right. good enough to get the, the Sixers to the finals. All right. Well. What, what's happening here okay. with the spins? All right. That's not going to be... All, All right.
4: One more time here. One more time. One more time. More time. One time. One
3: time. All right. Clean, clean this thing. <laughs> Uh, can can I give you this one? <laughs> Finally, a non Perkins take. <laughs> on the wheel. Yeah, he kept passing his, up Charlotte for we, whatever reason. We I don't understand. need any of his takes. All right. Uh, uh, have you noticed uh, the the Minnesota Timberwolves? Oh yeah, and them going after the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Did you see that earlier this week? Not only did they beat the Lakers, they were talking mad trash. I love that Pat Beverly has worn off on the other young Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Uh you got Beasley, you got Towns, you got guys who are willing to talk trash. And then the three point that was missed by uh Westbrook. Uh and then Towns looking up in the stands like there's a window open oh, in the God. arena. Wow, did you see that earlier this week? This is the swagger
4: that you want when you're a young team, Love right? It. But it's it's swagger, but you're winning. Yeah. That's the whole thing. A lot of this comes for sure. From a, a number of players that we could point out, but definitely comes from Anthony Edwards. He came in strange. Yeah. <laughs> he came in the league strange. This guy didn't even like basketball. Yeah, didn't even like basketball. So I, I give them their flowers. The Timberwolves are relevant under a Rod under his leadership, uh, under his ownership. And so now the Timberwolves, again, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs as well. But I like the swagger. It gives you a story.
3: There's also uh, uh, something to this Westbrook being offended. By yes. people calling him West Brick. That's correct. Which I think is just genius and super creative. And you got to get tougher skin as an NBA player. I understand Like, that. I get every fan base is now going after you. And even your home fans are, are going after you because you stink. But, like, Wes Brick is hilarious. Well,
4: that tells me a couple of things. One, yes, he does need to have tougher skin. But, two, actually, more people watching Skip Bayless' show than I thought.
3: <laughs> you're you're <laughs> That's right. That's where
4: it came
1: from.
3: Yeah. I, I Like... Like it's, but he's like going after fans in the stands. Like, yeah. all kinda of, like he didn't go into the stands, but he's talking trash to fans when he's warming up and there's videos that are being posted. I, I love that the Timberwolves are going after uh, the Lakers the other night. I think that's something we have to keep our eyes on. All right. So you we, Do you have uh, one more time? One more spin? One th- more spin? One one, spin? Quickly, quickly, quick you spin. spin. All right, right quick spin. Quick spinner. Non Perkins, please. Non Perkins.
4: Oh, this is a good one. Chris, who wins an NBA championship first? Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, or Devin Booker?
3: The answer is Devin Booker, and it's likely to be this season. All right, there you go. There it is.
1: This is ESPN Chicago's Fast Break. Everything bowls an NBA in a convenient two-hour package. Or if you miss your shot for live, a Fast Break podcast is available on the ESPN Chicago app. Now back to Fast Break. Here's Jay Hood and Chris Black on ESPN 1000.
3: Check out the podcast of Fast Break on the ESPN Chicago app. That's right. It's right there on the ESPN Chicago app every Saturday from 1 to 3. If you missed any of the show, check it out on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris black along with Jonathan Hood talking Bulls and NBA. And coming up, the White Sox face off against the Guardians. White Sox baseball on ESPN 1000 coming up in five minutes.
4: Game of the night. Game of the night. Don't worry, you got the NCAA tournament, but the game of the night mm. will take place at 4 o'clock. It'll be Milwaukee against
3: Minnesota. That's a good one, and we were just talking about the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves <laughs> yeah. are scrappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got got uh, Cat, gave you a 60 within the last week. Uh, is he a superstar yet? Cat? Is he moving towards that? I'm moving toward it, yes. Moving towards All it? All
4: those losses, no, but, right. now, but now, yeah, he's moving toward
3: it. They, they have an opportunity here to be in the playoffs. That's right so so that's something good to watch and you, okay four o'clock for that game four
4: that's an Perfect. early game so and it's funny how you say like the NBA moves out of the way shortens the schedule for the NCAA yeah. tournament How
3: many games are on the schedule tonight four four uh, Dal-
4: yeah. Dallas Charlotte is the NBA TV game
3: there's There was a full slate of games uh, last night Friday night but yeah. on Thursday there was one right and then if you look there's there's no primetime national TV game tonight right? And right, I believe there's right. no national primetime game tomorrow either. That's right? correct. Yeah. So, the, so the league, no, the league knows what what it's up against, and they say, okay, all right, here you go. Have your college basketball for the weekend. We'll be back next week.
4: Silver's too kind
3: because the NFL wouldn't do that.
4: They'll oh. steam right, o- steam roll right over <laughs> you. They, they took our Christmas games,
3: right? <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. They don't
4: care about your games.
3: Oh, they tripled up on basketball this year at Christmas. Yeah, but like the NFL had their game. They don't care about the NBA. Uh, the Bulls for the next week. Monday, they face off home against the Raptors. Tuesday night, it's a back to back. They go up to Milwaukee to face off against the Bucks. Mm. Thursday, the Pelicans in New Orleans. Oh. Saturday, at Cleveland. So we've oh. got three road games. Uh, A couple of playoff teams mixed in there. Uh, That's a tough week. Four games in the week in a back-to-back, the start Monday and Tuesday. Toronto's been
4: up and down. We'll see how that works out on Monday. But, of course, the champs taking on Milwaukee at five serves. going to be tough. New Orleans plays tough. But who will show up at
3: Smoothie King on Thursday? We'll see. Right, and then you you get to Saturday in our next fast break from 1 to 3 next Saturday. We'll be walking you into coverage the Bulls at the Cavs. Uh, that's next Saturday. I'm Chris Black along with Jonathan Hood. White Sox baseball with Len Casper and Darren Jackson. Coming up next, right here on ESPN 1000.
4: ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Perkins.